Hello, beautiful people. Hello, beautiful people. Happy Friday. I hope that you are well. I hope that you're doing amazing today. Um, yay. Hey, welcome. So my name is Alicia Renice. I am a multi-passionate artist. And today I want to talk about perfection and how you are too sacred to be perfect, too sacred to be concerned with being perfect. So happy Friday. Hi, H&D Abroad. Hi, um, I need this message. It's my birthday and I'm ready for real, not perfect. I love this and happy birthday. That's exciting. Happy birthday. How are you celebrating? Please share. Please share with us. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Hi, Tell. Hello. Welcome. Hi, Mika Campbell. Hi, Kimmy Queendom. Hi, Jamile. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hello and happy Friday. It is a lovely day today, so I'm going to leave the windows open. Hopefully <laughs> you all can hear me. Um, and all that good stuff. So yes. So yay. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mara. It's always good to see you. It's always good to see you. Hi, Ro Renee. Hi, Coco Acolor. I hope I'm saying that right. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, yes, beautiful new day. Absolutely. It's gorgeous outside. It's gorgeous. Happy Friday. Looking and sounding great as usual. Oh, thank you, baby. I appreciate that. Thank you. Sorry for the delay, y'all. I just hopped out the shower. <laughs> so, so I've been trying to hurry up and get here. So yay. Hi, Jay Nessa, cool. Hey girl, love your, I love your videos and I love you. Oh, much love to you as well. And thank you for watching. Thank you for being here. All right, so this is a continuation of a conversation we had on Wednesday about perfection. Um, but this whole conversation was started from a journaling thing that I had, um, a journaling prompt that I filled out in my notebook. I got lotion on my hands, but a journaling prompt I filled out in my notebook. And so I'm gonna read that for you all first and then we're gonna get started and then hopefully we can make some music. Yay, some imperfect music. All right, so. In the mornings, I have prompts that I fill in. I have, it says, I am blank. I am grateful for blank. I release blank. I put on blank. I am learning blank. One thing I can do to bring me joy today is blank. One expansive thing I can do today is blank. If I really trusted God, I would blank. And then the last one I have is, if I knew I was enough, loved and perfect as I am right now, I would blank, right? So the thing I wrote was, I would stop striving. I would stop trying and flow. I'd allow myself the opportunity to experience more pleasure and joy. I'd go outside and play more often. I'd embrace quiet. I'd walk into every opportunity knowing I'm deserving. Um, I would not see no as rejection or judgment of myself. It wouldn't be that deep. <laughs> I said, I'd also get excited for what other great thing God has for me. I'd make big asks that others find ridiculous or delusional. I'd look over my body with love, adoration, and gratitude. What a gift it is to be me. Um, I said I would detach my worth and mood from my circumstances, and I would rest in the beauty of this moment that will never occur once again. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wouldn't rob myself of joy, opportunity, and pleasure. I'd see myself how God sees me. And the question I ask for myself is like, how does God see me? Right? So that's a, another thing for another day. I would see myself as God sees me. Um, it wouldn't be the end of the world if things weren't flowing. It's just not the season, because in every season, I am perfect. I am enough. I'd journal more. I'd use my body, my being, my experience as a text to study. And I wouldn't assume responsibility for other people's moods, attitudes, and disappointments. So, so that's the first journaling prompt that I wrote. But good morning. Hi, everybody. Hi, J-Dash. Hi. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I love it, Shay, too. I really enjoy it. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Hi, Toda. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Happy birthday to H&D abroad. Yay. Happy birthday. 
real over perfect, real over perfect. <clears throat> okay. So the second thing that I wrote down, right, is this was like, as I was writing that last entry, this came up for me. And this is what I want to share with you all. Your work is too sacred to be perfect. Don't cheapen your work with perfection. Don't cheapen yourself with perfection. Don't allow perfection to sanit sanitize your precious work. What you're making in this iteration has not been done before. Of course, some people may not like it, or some people may be uncomfortable with the feeling and they, that inspire them. Excuse me, let me re-say re that. Of course, some people may not like it, or some may be uncomfortable with the feelings that they inspire, what you create inspires, and they may metabolize that into hate because we fear what we don't understand. Don't cheapen yourself trying to be someone else, trying to be loved by all. You'll abandon the love you have for yourself, your magic, your medicine, your soul. So the whole point in that is like everything you're doing, <laughs> everything you're doing is enough. It's perfect, right? And so we look for perfect to try to justify us. We look for perfect to try to say that we're worthy, right? We try to seek perfection, but perfection doesn't exist. And perfection causes you to sanitize yourself. So let's get into it. Let's get into what I wrote down. Um, let's see. Hi, Chica. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, daily practice. Yes, I am. How am I today? Like, what am I? What am I today? What do I feel today? Right? Like, and making room for it and being honest about it and not judging it. Right? Just like I am blank. So yes. <laughs> yes. Hi, Chica. Yes. Hi, Akila J. I mean, you need to put these prompts in a book or something. I okay, yes, I need to do it. I will do it. I will do it. <laughs> Hi, Jasmine. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, the other MJ. It's good to see you. Hi, pretty peony. Oh, so happy I finally caught you live. I'm happy they're here. Welcome. Happy Friday. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, J Dash says, or I Dash. I'm saying this. My glasses. Where are they? <laughs> I Dash is saying your work is too sacred to be perfect. It is your work, your specific work, your individual work, your collective work with other people. It's too sacred to be perfect, to be palatable to all people. So let's get into it, right? <laughs> so you're too sacred to be perfect. So the other day I took out a card. I have these rest deck cards from Trisha Hersey from the Nat Ministry. Hopefully you can see that. And so each day I just pull a card and see what it says and try to apply it to my life that day. It's talking about rest. Um, and so the thing that I pulled the other day was I will reject, oh, you can't see it. I will reject anything that degrades my divinity. I will reject anything that degrades my divinity, right? And so I sat there and I was like, what are things that degrade my divinity? Like, what are the things and what is divinity, right? Divinity, meaning, meaning holy, sacred, all these different things. What are, what are those things that degrades my divinity? And one of the things I saw for myself was seeking perfection, <laughs> seeking perfection outside of myself degrades my own divinity, degrades what I already have, who I already am, right? So I said, you were formed from the dust and soil intentionally. Everything about you is intentional. Like I, on my, like physically speaking, on one side of my body, I have a dimple. On the other side, I don't, right? That's intentional, right? Everything about me was created with intention, with intention and, and on purpose. And you are to be, you were only supposed to be who you were created to be. So physically, emotionally, right? Uh, intellectually, like certain things that appeal to us. There are certain things that appeal to us and call to us because we are individuals. We're all supposed to be playing our own separate parts, but we're too busy trying to be the whole thing. And we'll get to that in a second. But yes, but who you are is a person created with intention, with intention. <laughs> Let's see. 
Oh yes, please. If you like the video, please like. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh yay. Good morning, Dreesy. And Akila, I hope that it's speaking to you. I do. Um, KM says, I'm always holding back because it's not perfect. Yep. Thanks for sharing. It's encouraging. And same, same. I'm working through imperfection, or excuse me, I'm working through perfectionism as well. So yes, I'm with you right there. Um, that perfectionism can have us in a chokehold for sure. And it definitely chokes us up. It chokes up any progress, any new ideas. Um, it chokes up our self-esteem, all the things, all the things. So these world systems can't even begin to understand and comprehend how sacred you are. Money over souls, right? Everything's about money, about production, about, you know, improving and all this different stuff. There is no sake. There's nothing sacred under this world system, under capitalism in the West, right? There is nothing sacred. Nothing is held sacred or important or valuable just because it exists. It has to be used. It has to be used. And so we internalize that belief that if we're not used by everybody or available or understood by everybody, then somehow we're useless, right? And somehow we're imperfect. And so therefore we have to become perfect, which is usually just running ourselves into the mud, trying to be an idea of what other people came up with, right? Like we spend all of our time doing that. So <laughs> you are multidimensional. You are multidimensional. You cannot be quantified. You cannot be qualified, right? You just are, you are sacred. And we're born perfect already. We're born perfect already. Now, this is not to say there aren't things that we can improve on or mature in, absolutely, right? But who we are, the essence of who we are is already perfect, is already perfect. Oh, no worries, no worries. Have a great day at work. I hope it's easy, hope it's low stress. And this will be up for the replay as well. So yes, good to see you, Dreesy, or Dreesy. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but yes, like, what am I trying to say? <laughs> what was I saying? You were born perfect already. You're lacking nothing. You lack nothing. You lack nothing. If anything, when we're born, we're born with everything we need. And as we grow, so, so does the things that we have. If we are maturing, if we're living life honestly and authentically, the things that we're already born with, our creativity, our passions, our interests, right? Those things will blossom and grow as well. They'll grow with us. But a lot of times we're trying to be someone that we're not in the moment. We don't have grace with ourselves. We're like, we have to be there wherever there is. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, so we chase these things that make us perfect, but it just washes away who we are truly. When we're seeking perfectionism, perfectionism, when we're seeking perfection, it sanitizes us, it bleaches us, it removes all the things that makes us us. And we become robots, we become replicas of what society says is good. And a lot of things in society that society says is good is not, <laughs> right? We don't wanna limit ourselves to that. We need you to be human, to be human. In all the things you think are flaws, we need you to be human. So one thing that I wrote down was that when you are not human, when you're chasing perfection, it's a loss for all of us. It's not just a loss for yourself. It's not just a loss for like the child you or the you of the future or your family. It's a loss to all of us, to the, to the entire world chasing perfection because you're dumbing yourself down. You're watering yourself down. You're watering the gift that is you down. And I wrote down sanitizing soil, right? So here in America, in the West, we do something called monocropping, which is basically growing one thing at a time over and over and over again. And the problem with that is because of production, this, this is how we grow stuff in the States. This is why a lot of our vegetables and fruits, like they don't have no flavor, no nutrition, no vitamins, like nothing is in the food that we eat here because it has been sanitized out of the soil. And so as we talked about, what was this, two weeks ago about being people of the soil, right? We're born like, healthy and fertile and full of all these things, but slowly the world starts to, starts to erode, erode our soil, right? Like 
it starts to take away things, deplete our soil of its nutrition and, and its like valuable things because the world wants us to be sanitized. The world wants us to be like, like a monocrop, <laughs> monocrop. Like, oh, we gotta take out all this stuff because this is not what makes you American. This is not what makes you successful. This is not what makes you, you know, a black woman. This is what we say that you should be, right? And we put those things on and we end up killing the stuff that brought life to us. The things that, uh, what's the word, makes our biology diverse, so to speak, if we're speaking in terms of cropping, right? So if we're using the soil as a mirror, let's flip it upside down. We're born into the world, perfect. Perfect, knowing, knowing everything we need to know, trusting our gut, right? Trusting who we are, what we believe. And then we take on or allow other people to pull out stuff from us because we see that it's, it's not perfect, it's not enough. It's not their idea of what's good. And so we put those things down and we become carbon copies of each other because we're too afraid to be imperfect. Because we have believed that somehow our being is imperfect, right? And we talked about this before, a, a big thing in a lot of my reading, like I'm realizing a lot of the stuff, how the society works is brainwashing. We need you to forget who you are for you to be a productive member of society, right? Like we need you to forget that you are altogether lovely, right? Like, like perfect so that you buy my products, right? America is founded on lack, on scarcity, on theft. <laughs> on harm, right? I need you to feel ugly so you buy my anti-aging cream. I need you to I need you to fear aging. I need you to fear wrinkles and, you know, crow's feet and smile lines. I need you to pickle yourself. Put yourself in in frozen in time so that you buy my products. Right? Like everything about this place tells us to forget that we are sacred, that we are enough. If that makes sense. Idash says the food in general has had nutritional density GMO'd out of it for sure. Absolutely. That too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a villainous crone says I refuse to fit in. It gets hard to walk to walk alone, but I'm free. And that's all that matters to me. I live for me and the peace is amazing. I love that. I love that. Hi, Joy Thompson. Welcome. Welcome. I'm just that guy. Hi, I'm a black man. Hello. Welcome. And I just cherish your presence. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being kind. I appreciate that. This is my first time on your live, love it. Happy that you're here and I'm happy that you're enjoying. Thank you, thank you. Hi Mika, Mika says sad truth. Yes, it's true, it's true. Um, hi Pamela Jones. Um, I appreciate the ways you unpack the insidi insidious effects of racial capitalism and how we can combat it to find joy and liberation. Yes, and this is the thing like, I'm sharing with you all as I'm learning, as I'm unlearning, as I'm unpacking and removing and questioning everything and remembering myself, right? Putting myself back together, like remembering myself. So yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so you're too sacred to cheapen yourself for this, to fit this world, to fit this world's mold. What is like the value here in this country is lack, right? Like we export lack in America. We export envy and competition and scarcity and harm. Like that's our export here. Our export here is what has been imported. Right, the same things that have been imported here have been exported to us, right? And so I was talk talking to Jamal earlier this morning and talking about how co colonization, like we were talking about colonization and how colonization was like, it showed up in a certain way, right? Like, oh, we're gonna take your land, we're gonna take your people, we're gonna subject you, we're gonna rob you, all these different things, kill you, push, push you to the middle of the country, we're gonna use you for our labor, all these kinds of things. And now today, 
we have internalized that oppression. They don't have to do that to us anymore. We do that to ourselves, right? Like this idea of showing up perfect. Perfection is oppression. Perfection is harm, right? And we internalize that stuff. And we say, because I'm not perfect, I don't deserve to speak. I don't deserve to share my ideas. I don't deserve to create. I don't deserve to be. I don't deserve to be loved or to be valuable. I question everything I think because I'm not perfect. I'm not saying it the perfect way, right? Perfection robs us of ourselves. It robs us of each other. And then we oppress other people because they're not perfect because they make mistakes or they misspeak or we're judging people based on this like hierarchy of what is respectable and what is not. And I'm gonna keep coming back to it because I need us to unlearn respectability politics. I need us to unlearn that. I need us to unlearn it, to let it go, okay? Cause it's not gonna save us. It's not, we tried, it's not gonna work. <laughs> so like we're judging other people and especially like other black people. Oh, this person's not as wealthy as I am. Oh, this person's not as well-spoken as I am. Oh, this person is not as degreed as I am. This person is not as feminine as I am. This person is not as strong as I am, right? Calling people sensitive as, as an insult. <laughs> right? When that person is more in touch with themselves than you are. Person who was calling themselves someone who was not who is not sensitive, right? Oh, this person's wearing a bonnet on their head. They're they're less they're of a lesser class than I am. They're embarrassing all of us. Or they're just free, not thinking about you. Because why should my opinions about you oppress you? Why do I have to pass So my point is, we have internalized that oppression and we're oppressing ourselves but also other people. And it's harmful. <laughs> they don't have to do the work no more. We're doing the work for them. We're doing it for them. Because people are not packaged in a way that we've been taught to see people as products, as machines. Because we don't see them as that. They're no longer worthy in our eyes. But who gave us the authority to deem anybody worthy or unworthy? Who did that? Who did that? That's not my job. I don't, ha I don't have the credentials to say whether or not somebody is worthy or not. That's ridiculous. That is arrogant. That's arrogant of me. It's arrogant of me and it's also harmful and harmful to myself because I'm probably holding myself up to those same standards that were never created for me in the first place. We need to let it go. We gotta let it go. Okay, so what is valuable here? Money, paper, paper, people's comfort, man's opinions, excuse me. Excuse me. People don't want to be inconvenienced, right? Like people don't want to be inconvenienced. And so anything that is inconveniencing to them, they see as less than, or it needs to be fixed or thrown away. Right. And so we, we see this in this conversations now, right? Like these conversations around reparations or around whatever the, uh, CRT, uh, student loan free, all these different things, right? These opinions that are made truth when we know all of it is based on evil. <laughs> like, it's all evil. It's all evil. So to stop people from being inconvenienced to have to think critically, we're gonna shut it down. To stop people from being inconvenienced to deal with their own guilt and shame, to the own harm that they have done to other people or themselves. We're not gonna talk about it. We're gonna brush it under the rug. And anything that is against this, whatever their version of success is or perfection is, gotta go. And so as a black person, me existing in this experience on this land, in this culture, I was born already thinking myself not enough, not perfect. Not perfect. There's nothing I can do to be perfect under their, like in their standards, by their standards. There's nothing I can do. 
Nothing. Because there's always going to be something that's not perfect. And perfection does not exist. But we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. You're literally not of this world. You're not of this world. This world system is very new. This is what? Foundation technically? 1700s? 1700s? It's new. The way that they're doing stuff is not how people have always done things, obviously. And this is not the best way to do things, nor the best way to judge yourself by. It's not. It's not. You're not of this world. And the question I ask myself is, what does perfection cost? What is perfectionism? The chase for perfection, the pursuit of perfection. What does it cost me? It costs your soul, your divinity, which we just talked about. I will reject anything that degrades my divinity. There we go. <laughs> I will reject anything that degrades my divinity. And this is again from um, Trissa Hersey's Restec, the Nat Ministry, Restec. Right? So chasing perfection, you lose touch and sight with your soul and your divinity. You lose your true expression, your honesty. We lie a lot. We lie a lot. If lie is speaking untruths or believing untruths, right? We have adopted things and we thought they were true, but we've been lying to ourselves and other people. We're not who we want to be. This isn't who I am. Actually, I hate that. We're not integral. We're not being people of integrity because we're chasing other people's version of approval or perfection. We lie to ourselves and other people daily. We forfeit ourselves the opportunity to be all of ourselves, but also we forfeit the opportunity for other people to get to know our true selves. Right? You lose your connection with your spirit, your intuition. You will deny and quiet and quiet your intuition because you're trying to be perfect trying to be somebody else's version of perfection. The window's open, y'all, I'm a little sweaty. <laughs> but yeah, like, you're not perfect, right? Just like, even thinking about things like that. Why is it such a big deal to sweat? Our bodies are doing what it's supposed to do, but I'm supposed to be embarrassed because I'm sweating because it's hot in here? Or having hair on my body. The hair on the body has work to do. <laughs> like, the hair on my body is there for a reason. Why should I be ashamed of that? Buy this razor, get this wax. I'm not saying anything's wrong with it because I do. I do get waxes and I do enjoy that stuff, right? But also there's nothing wrong with it being there. <laughs> it's supposed to be there. You're a mammal. Mammals have hair. You know what I'm saying? So just like little things like that. We will never be perfect. And us chasing perfection funds their system. It funds their system. Any person, yes, Robinet, exactly. I'm gonna get to you all's comments too. I see you all commenting. You all are saying amazing stuff. Sweating is cleansing and natural. It is. And we, we have been sold antiperspirant, which is not healthy because you need to sweat. Your body is doing what it was created to do. Sweat, to cool you off, to get rid of impurities, to do what it needs to do. When people are crying, right? Like, oh, I don't want to cry because I don't want to be seen as weak. Crying is like the healthiest thing you can do. Get them emotions out of there. There's literally differences between our tears when we're like crying for joy versus like sorrow or anger. Like the chemistry is different. All these things are necessary, but we're in a system where everything about us is seen as not good to fund their system. If I make you feel like you're not good, you will buy everything. You will sell your soul for me, for my approval. For my approval. And it all comes down like it really is about people pleasing. When you really think about it, even the fear, and I'll get to that in a second, like what, what is perfectionism saving you from? 
Hi, Invincible Summer. It's good to see you. Hi, it's good to see you. Okay, so yeah, so it costs you connection with your spirit, your intuition. You will deny and quiet your intuition chasing perfection. Time. Think about all the time. And I'm going to be careful with saying wasted. But think of all the, all the time you spend trying to be perfect, trying to be enough, trying to be seen as worthy in other people's eyes, right? All the energy, all the time and energy spent trying to be enough in other people's eyes. And even in some level, I'm not saying don't go to school, obviously go to school, if that's what you need to do, right? Like, but a lot of us are chasing perfection, even in degrees and the jobs that we have, our whole lives can be lined up in a way that's not integral because we're chasing perfection. We're chasing this idea of like, when I do this, then I'll be, it'll be enough, I'll be perfect. Then you get there and you still have more to achieve and more to do. There's things you have to sustain, right? There's things that you have to keep pursuing. It, it's never ending, it's never ending. So we spend a lot of time that we could be happy. We spend it striving and exhausting ourselves. We also delay action. We wait, we doubt, right? We fear. And there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes that basically says, and I'm paraphrasing, um, a farmer who waits for perfect conditions never sows and a person who waits for perfect times never reaps, whatever. I'm butchering that, but the, the, essentially it means if you're waiting for perfect timing to do something, you'll never do it. It will never happen because perfect conditions do not exist. Perfection doesn't exist. Perfect conditions don't exist. Now we can make decisions that are you know, more aligned you know, with what the time we're in, the energy we have, but perfection does not exist. And if you're waiting for perfect to do something, you will delay action and doubt and you will fear and that fear will hold you back. We also teach ourselves that we're not trustworthy. When we delay and deny ourselves, no, it's not perfect yet, I can't really, we, we delay and deny ourselves and it teaches us, it teaches us that we are not trustworthy, that we are not inherently gifted and good enough, that there's more to us, to, that we have to get more, to be more, to be seen and heard and valued. Right? And so our self-esteem suffers. So it costs us our self-esteem. We also think we have to be everything to everyone to be good, right? We lose the truth of ourselves and the truth that we have always been enough, that we have always been perfect and that we don't have to do everything. The reason why we have other people around us is to help us. <laughs> so we don't have to know everything and we don't have to be perfect because where there's a hole in my, like when there's a blind, there's a blind spot, that's a, that's a beautiful part for somebody else to come in. Like I can't see right here behind me, but if somebody else can see, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody else is facing a different direction and can see what I can't. So I don't have to be perfect because there's other people out there who will help me complete the picture. So yes. So your joy and your peace are what, what um, comes with perfection, perfection. It goes away. It goes away with perfection. You're always at war with yourself. Always more, I need, I need to do more, I need to be more, I need to achieve more. Like trying to chase the wind. It's chasing the wind. It costs your vitality, spreading too thin, right? When you can use community, but it also costs other people. It's ironic because we are trying not to be, we're trying not to be imperfect, right? And so we're waiting to be perfect, but people don't need your perfect. People just need your willingness, your availability. People need you to be real. They don't need you to be perfect. And so we're waiting to be perfect. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy because it's like, I can't serve them because I'm not perfect. Then you don't serve them. And so the people don't get served. When instead we could be like, you know what? I don't have all the answers. I'm not an expert. I say this all the time. I am not, Alicia is not an expert. 
I am a human being figuring it out as I go along and sharing what I have, what I have learned and what I'm learning as I go along, right? But I'm not perfect. I'm not an expert. I will let you down. I will disappoint you. I'm human. I'm human. And when I say that, I take the pressure off of myself and I say, and even still in all of that, in all my humanity, I still deserve to be seen and to share my ideas. I still deserve to come to the table and offer what I have. And what I have to offer is not lost because my imperfection, my, my imperfection does not cancel out or 86. My gift to the world, which is myself, which is literally all I have to do and have to be is myself. That's it. Nothing else. Life is easy when you're just yourself, <laughs> when you're able to be yourself. The world is most served with the blessing you are, right? But you're withholding and delaying your blessing to other people. Hey, LV, it's good to see you. Hi, I haven't seen you in so long. It's good to see you. I hope you're well. I hope you're doing well. Hey, the dark night. I keep saying the dark night every time I write down because I'm mentioning you in my notebook, but the dark Nate. Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> All right. But yes, meanwhile, they're just the people will connect with your soul with the truth of who you are because everybody isn't gonna get it. And that's not your problem. And it's not a judgment on you. It's not to say that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy. It's a, it's a resonance thing. Everybody's not gonna resonate with you. And that's okay. You wanna resonate with the people who resonate with you, but you will never know if people are resonating with who you really are, right? Versus who you think you have to be if you're always being someone else. I would rather be around people who resonate with me, who get me, who understand me. And it's not gonna be everybody because I know my thoughts are not popular. <laughs> it's not marketable. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, or it's not like the mainstream thing I should say. Like how I feel kind of pushes against a lot of stuff that people believe and are holding on to. And so because I know that to be true, I'm already kind of ready for people to push back or to people, you know, and it's not to say that don't hurt my feelings or I don't get scared or, you know, I don't feel insecure sometimes because all of that, because I do. But when I gather myself together, when I give myself a moment and I say, you know what, Alicia, you're right, your feelings are valid, but also what you have to say, what you feel is still valid. Even if two years from now you say something completely different or believe something completely different, you are allowed to evolve. You are allowed to change your mind, but you'll never change your mind if you're always playing it safe here in this idea of what people think are perfect, right? So the truth is you're already equipped to be who you are. The tools are already inside of you. Just don't sanitize your soil. Don't take the life out of who you are and the light out of who you are, right? Okay, so one thing I wanna say is the heart of perfectionism is fear. It's fear. It's fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of success, fear of being seen, fear of lack, fear of abandonment, fear of our own imperfection being true. But what if we sat there and we did say, you know what, I am imperfect. And <laughs> it is true. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. I'm not always well-spoken. I don't always, I'm not always right. I'm not like, I'm not perfect, but I never had to be. But even in, in my perf imperfection, I am perfect. I am perfect. And we'll get to that in a second. Okay, so I have a lot to say. I just want to get through this. So yes, so I don't want to operate from that energy of lack of scarcity, of like, um, oh, I'm afraid of failing or I'm afraid of, you know, someone judging me. I'm afraid of success and what that means, right? I'm afraid of being seen. I'm afraid of lack. I'm afraid of people leaving me, abandoning me, right? I'm afraid of being rejected, that abandonment feeling. I'm afraid of that imperfection being seen as true, 
right? But I don't want to operate from there. Fierce, lack, fear, lack, scarcity, competition, chaos, chaos, chaos. Because everything here, if we are trees, so to speak, and America, the West, is our soil, we're sucking up everything they're putting into the atmosphere, everything they're putting into the ground, into our water, physically and metaphorically, right? So that lack, that is the foundation of this country, we're absorbing that just because we're here. It's because we're here, right? But like, we can also be like, you know what? I actually don't want to do this anymore. I don't want I don't want this to be my source energy anymore. Scarcity and lack and competition and all this other stuff. I want abundance to be my source. You know what I'm saying? Yes, fear of being seen is real. I struggle with that fear. Because once you're seen, you can't be unseen. <laughs> once you're seen, you're there, you know? And people have expectations of you. And it's like, my thoughts are like, well, what if I don't, what if I don't meet their standard? What if I'm, what if what they say about me, this is my fear, this is Alicia talking. What if their idea of me is not what, who I am? What if they're disappointed in me? What if, what if I let them down? Putting on all this pressure that ain't nobody asked me to put on, <laughs> putting on all this pressure. And you're welcome. All of you all are affirming me as well by commenting in the chat too. So thank you, thank you for that and affirming each other. Marissa says, the pressure to be the sole authority on anything is a remnant of colonization. Hello, because that, that, right? Like I gotta be the source for everything and the sole authority for everything. And if you dare disobey or go with, go without, as in like, leave this place, go without, right? My idea of what perfection, you won't need me no more. You won't be dependent on me anymore. I can't control you, right? All of that. All that and also like, yes, like I have to be, there has to be one answer and there has to be one person to answer that thing. And we have to only approach this one way. There's only one right way to do something. Eh, no, <laughs> no. Mika says fear has until today, I love this, until today, robbed me of my peace and joy. I love that Mika. I'm so grateful for my healing. I'm grateful too, I'm grateful too. So, so unloving and I deserve it. And I deserve it. Allowing grace throughout. Yeah, grace throughout, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I-Dash says, there is a lot of fear of success. Yes, success means you will be more visible and thus judged. Exactly. And we see this, right? We see this in culture, how we hold celebrities for whatever reason, like up here, <laughs> you know, it's like they can be, in, they can't be, you know, fallible. They have to be perfect and all this other stuff. And you see these people, whether they're celebrities or climbing a ladder or whatever it is, like the higher they get, the more pressure they feel, the less they feel like they can be themselves or they just go off the deep end too, because fame is not normal. I'm gonna say it. Being that famous, being always seen and always watched and judged is not normal. It's not normal. And I don't like how we treat celebrities either. Like I don't like that we treat them like we own them. And I think a lot of us feel like that comes with success too. When these are people, these are people <laughs> that we like, that we enjoy their, their art or their work or whatever they're doing, you know, but they're people. And so yes, success also like in our own, you know, in layman's terms, right? Like this idea of this went well, it has to keep going well now or else I'm gonna flop. So now it's this pressure like, oh, this thing did well and I gotta keep the energy going and I gotta keep it sustained. When if you were being yourself, right? Like there's ebbs and flows to everything. Everything's not gonna be a hit. Everything's, people ain't gonna like everything you put out or share or say or think or whatever, right? But that still doesn't take away from your divinity. And at some point, Maybe what you say will resonate with the right people, you know? So yes, anyway, that's just my own little thoughts on that. <laughs> um, this reminds me of that interview that Cat Williams had with Larry King. Ooh, I didn't see that. And when Larry asked Cat, what's the perks of being a celebrity? 
You could see Kat wanted to hide the pain. Mm. I'll wait till you finish that statement. But yes, the pain on his face. And he said, there's nothing I can think of. Yeah, it's very, you talk to a lot of famous people. It's very empty. It's very isolating. You know what I mean? Like you see the truth of it. it's like, wow, actually that's, mm, that's a lot of work. Even like celebrities who have to be attractive using air quotes or uh, conventionally con att attractive in the standard um, of attraction. It's like, there's so much pressure. You can't like, oh, you gotta be hypercritical of yourself all the time. It's too much pressure. It's, it's not normal. It's not normal. Okay, so yes. So I don't wanna operate from lack or scarcity or competition, but the truth is we're all puzzle pieces. Now this is, this is how I look at life, right? And there's a scripture about this in Romans talking about like, oh yeah, all parts of the body are beneficial to the body, that scripture. The same idea, right? We are all a puzzle piece. If we can think of ourselves as a puzzle piece, right? We feel misshapen. You know, those puzzles, I don't really, I should have just gotten a puzzle piece. My mom does puzzles, but either way, we know the shape of a puzzle, right? It feels misshapen, it feels awkward. We don't kind of fit in everywhere, right? We don't fit in with everybody. We feel misshapen compared to a complete picture, which is like perfectly on the square or the re rectangle or circle or whatever shape the whole thing is supposed to create. And we think we have to be the whole thing. We gotta be this whole picture. And we look at our little misshapen selves and say, dang, I'm not perfect. How can, like, what is my point? What part am I even playing? I'm so awkward. I don't, uh, this, this isn't working, right? But all we have to do is play our oddly shaped part and all parties are served. So if all of us are oddly shaped and like we're trying to find our little spaces and fit in the little, <laughs> the little holes, this is me as a puzzle, by the way, puzzle piece, but we're trying to find the holes to, to fit in. And once we fit and we all fit together and work together, then we can zoom out and see like, wow, I played a part in this big, beautiful thing. And all I had to do was be oddly shaped, awkward, right? And play my own little position. I don't need to try to bend myself out of shape to be the whole picture. Cause I'm not the whole picture and I don't have to be. That pressure's not on me. <laughs> I can be Alicia's awkward, goofy, fun loving, you know, hugging the tree self because there are other people doing their work too. And that does not mean that my work is less. Yes, thank you. Thank you, puzzle fees. Yes. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that my work is less important or less valuable or less seen, even if people crap on it. Like, I really feel like everything in this country, we turn upside down, right? Like everything that should be important is not, everything that it, that should be, uh, I guess, taken down a notch is not, is raised, right? But this idea of like, even fame and fortune and visibility, the country literally is riding off of the backs of people who are unnamed, if we're talking about enslavement, but also like now, like the country runs because of the bus drivers, because of the people working in grocery stores and, excuse me, fast food places and all these different things, cleaning services, janitorial services. I feel like there's a better way to say that, but like these positions that we see as less than or less important really are some of the most important parts. Some of the most important parts are the people that get paid the less, the least, excuse me, right? Like, so, even in this idea, like this, this, this uh, internalized belief that if I have something small to offer, it's not important is a lie. And they need you to think that it's a lie, right? Because if everybody's chasing for that same position, we're not gonna have no pieces playing the piece that they're supposed to play. It's gonna be a puzzle with all these holes and patchworks and it's gonna be layers on top of each other. Trying to be like, oh, I wanna be, yes, working people, working class, exactly, exactly. That's the people keeping stuff afloat for real. Right, we've been told they're not important. It's not important. No, like 
if we're trying to, if everybody was trying to, again, change their shape to be what they think they have to be, it's not going to work anyway. It's going to be warped. There's going to be holes in the places that you're supposed to be. And this is obviously, I'm not saying I have thoughts either way, but yes, working class, working people, right? And so we feel misshapen compared to the complete picture, but all we got to do is play our oddly shaped part and all will be served. All of our con contributions to the world are important. All of them. All of them. You smiling to somebody. Like literally everything we do has a ripple effect. Everything, whether good or bad. You throw a straw out the window, it goes into the drain, into, I'm, I'm near the bay. So it goes into the bay and then into the ocean and then some turtle or something harms themselves because of it. Like all of everything we do big and small affects everybody else. Me smiling at somebody can change their day, changes how they interact with the people that they're working with, change how they interact with their families. There is no small part. All parts are important. Uh, yourself. That's it. That's all that's required. That's all that's ever been required. And we feel imperfect when we're bending ourselves out of shape to be who the world tells us to be instead of who we are and created and formed to be. Formed to be, created to be. We talked about this before, being knit, being made of the soil, being put together, handcrafted, like being put together with intention. There's intention with your, with your creation, with your being. You know what I mean? And so this idea of perfect comes from lack. When we are content, when we feel abundant, when we know ourselves, when we know that we are worthy, we don't lack anything. And so therefore we're not looking outside of ourselves to find something else. But when we sit with that truth that I am enough, I am important, what I have to offer is valuable, right? I, all I have to do is be myself, right? When we show up as ourselves, it's the easiest thing to do. And when we're focused on our own work in our own lane with our own people, we don't feel less than because we're not comparing ourselves to people that we think that we have to be. It's lack. It's lack. So yes. So that imperfection, that feeling of imperfection only comes from comparison, only comes from other people putting what they think about you on you. But when we're kids and we're alone and we're happy, we know that we're perfect. We're not trying to, <laughs> we're not trying to be somebody else. We might be playing pretend, but we know that we're enough. We're, we're enough to chase our ideas and our dreams and to play astronaut in a box and go running around outside and blowing into grass to make instruments. We know that we're enough. It's just that as we get older, we start comparing ourselves to other people, classmates, right? Coworkers, who's fighting for uh, the plaque of employee of the month? Who's fighting for the gold star? Who's fighting for the, the place on the board, right? Like who's fighting for the principal's honor roll? Like all these, not saying that education's not important, but I'm just saying like, we're taught to compare ourselves to other people often. And in that comparison, that's how we, we learn imperfection. We measure ourselves against other people playing their part. Maybe Susie is just good at math and you're not, and that's okay. Maybe you're better at art. And it's not to say like, oh, I'm better than you. It's just like, no, we're different. We have different things that appeal to us. We have different affinities towards different things. We have different interests and that's important. It's not something to be fixed. And I think that's one problem like of our, with along with the other problems, but it's one problem with our like education system. It's like a one size fits all. Like if you all have to meet the same requirement, even though you're all different people. Here they go, start playing music again. <laughs> Let me turn down this, uh, close this window, but either way. Yes, you're enough. Okay, <laughs> so yes, <laughs> so you're enough. It's hot, okay. 
So all that comes from comparison, whether it's taught or whether we listen to other people and watch other people and say, oh, maybe I should move more like this person. There's nothing wrong with gaining inspiration from people, but when you're trying to occupy the space that they're occupying, as in like trying to you know change your shape to be somebody else, that's when you start feeling uncomfortable because that's not the shape you were created to be. We should just accept what is, you know. Oh, I'm glad LB, I'm glad it makes sense. Oh no, okay, I was about to say it's not working. I'm glad that makes sense, I'm glad that makes sense. Um, hi, hi Trisha McMillan, good morning. And good morning, Sin Cloverton, J James Jones, hello. Marissa says, I grew up cleaning houses, saw how little people regarded professions, yep, deem as less than. That forever shaped me. I'm so sorry about that, Marissa. I'm so sorry about that. You're changing lives, by the way. Cleaning. Like, that's literally life and death. <laughs> literally. Um, let's see. Rosie Rose, hello. How do you deal with knowing your worth and value, but the company doesn't value or see you as a valuable employee? How do I deal with that? With the knowledge? With knowing? I think it's, it's obviously hard to hold on to when you're in an environment that keeps reminding you that you're not enough. I would say check out people like Marissa Price, um, also Dr. Kimani, I'm gonna share her um, channel as well, but they talk about this in depth. It's been a minute since I've been um, employed by like, what do you call it? A corporation. Um, and I know for myself, I was like, forget this. <laughs> That's just me though. That's just me. I'm like, I'm not coming. No, I'm not doing this. Um, hold on one sec. So yeah, her, her YouTube channel is called Lifting As We Climb, Consulting Wellness Services. And she has a lot of content on this topic. And I'm also gonna share Marissa's channel as well. But yes, um, it's hard. That's what I will say for myself. It was hard because every day it's like you're fighting. You're fighting and you get tired, you get tired. And there have been times where I did give in and I did do too much or you know, try to earn my worth or try to please my boss or whoever, you know, the head people. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't mean that. Yes, but yes, but I, I think you have to hold on to that yourself for dear life, for dear life. You have to block out what people say. You gotta be like, actually, they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. And even if you can't say it to their face, obviously, if you wanna, you know, stay employed, you gotta hold that truth within yourself. Set boundaries for yourself. I was okay with being the least liked employee. I was okay with not being employee of the month at my last job because every other job I was overdoing and excelling and doing everything they asked of me and it still wasn't enough. And so I realized, you know what? Actually, I'm over this. I'm going to do what my job requires me to do. And I worked in a hospital. So, you know, different days needed different things and different um, patients needed different things, right? So it was never about the patients. It was about my, <laughs> I was going to say overlords. What am I thinking about? My bosses, my managers, my, the, uh, the staff. That's the people I was dealing with. Um, but I just gave all of I, all that I could to the people that I was serving. I focus on them instead of the people that I'm trying to impress because I'm not here for them, you know? Um, but yes. Okay. Yay. Awesome. Um, Invisible Summer says, um, Marissa, I've watched a few of your videos. I love them. It resonate, it resonate, it resonates with me. You're doing great work on your channel. Yeah. I'm glad. That's awesome. She's sharing a lot of good stuff. Um, but yes. Okay. All right, let's go down. Um, the Dark Nate says, oh, hi. Hi, Rainbow Rising Freedom. Hello, welcome, welcome. Of course, you're welcome. I hope they're helpful. They've been helpful to me. So I hope they're helpful. 
Um, the darkness says, I'm in a weird space with me. I want to be a leader. I subconsciously want to be perfect, but not to impress people, but because I want people to be perfectly taken care of. I've seen the effects, excuse me, of incompetent leadership and how it damages good employees. I promise I would never do that. Excuse me, but I'm trying to find the balance of healthy perfectionism. And we'll get to that in a second, because this is important. This is really important. And I hear you. I hear you. I do. Um, Celeste says, my four-year-old starts crying when someone else has a drawing or project that's better than hers. Aww. It's hard because I'm unsure how to unteach perfectionism in comparison at such a young age. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to, one, it's difficult to unlearn as an adult. <laughs> so, so I get that. Um, yeah, I think just like affirmation, obviously I don't have kids also, so I'm going to say that as well. But I think like uh, you affirming her, excuse me, you affirming, affirming them. Oh no, her, you said her. Okay. You affirming her, right? is a huge deal and I think it's unfortunate because I feel like it's something that we have to learn and then unlearn unfortunately in a perfect world we would never be compared to anybody else but that comparison didn't come from her it probably came from an adult or some or another child who was influenced by an adult and so it's going to take time for her to unlearn that but I'm glad that she's four because you know she's years years ahead of me you know what I mean um and she has you so I think you affirming her, you showing her that actually like, no, your art is amazing. Or like pointing out different things, like being specific about why it's amazing. Like, oh my God, th your choice to do this is, is awesome. Or showing her other art, right? That looks like hers. There are a lot of artists out there who, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be rude at all. I hope this doesn't come across, but their art is very simple, right? And to me, I'll look at them like, oh my God, it looks like, like, you know, a child drew this and it's not a bad thing, but like, Showing her like, wow, like this is amazing. Look at what you created, that kind of thing. I don't know, this is just my guess. Again, I don't have kids, so. But yes, yes, that's heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. Okay, all right, so yes. Um, so you don't have to be perfect, just be yourself. That's all that's ever been required. So the reason why we feel imperfect is because of comparison. When we are com confident and content with ourselves and what we have, we know that we're enough and we show up in the world as if we're enough. So I don't want you to trade in or put down your divinity, your sanctity in exchange for false idols, for false gods, for lies, for lies, because you lack nothing. You're everything you need to be and more, and you will become as you need to become, right? Like you will become. So maybe you're not everything you'll ever be. You don't have to be everything you'll ever be because life is still happening, but you have everything you need for this moment. For this moment, a lot of times, a lot of our feeling uh, inferior or insignificant or not enough comes because we're comparing the us of today to like what we want to do in the future. That's for me. Like, I know for me, I do. I'm like, oh, I want to do this thing. But where am I at right now? Girl, I'm not even you have everything and you can do it a totally different way. You know what I mean? You don't have to look the same. So you lack nothing. You're everything you need to be in more. You're a sacred puzzle piece. And again, the reference was Romans 12, four through eight, talking about the body and different parts of the body and how they're all important, right? Like we have a body, so let's look at our bodies, right? Skin plays a role, your nose plays a role, your mouth, they're all different things. They're all different things, right? Your breasts play, dif play a different role than your thighs, right? They're all different parts of the body, but they're all equally important and they all play a part. And when you don't have one of those things, you feel it. When you don't have toes to balance you, you feel it. Talk to people like literally everything that you have plays a part and all of it is important. And no, we can't see every part of our bodies, but we know when something is wrong, 
We know when something needs to be fixed. And so each part of the body is important. It's the same with us as people. Like we are a body, whether we know it or not, everything, me, somebody across the states, across the world, we're all connected. What I do here affects everybody. And Americanism, Western thinking says like, oh, I'm an individual. It's about me. It's about what I do. And as long as I'm good, it's fine. Everything you do affects somebody else, whether good or bad. You know what I mean? And we, the world needs you to play your part, whatever that part is. Whether it's cleaning houses, whether it's busing children to school, whether it's cooking meals, whether it's leading a nation, right? An organization, all parts are important. And without one part, like think about hospitals, think about like, when you think of a hospital, the most important person there they say is like the doctor or the administrative staff, I guess. No, it's the housekeeping. It's the janitorial staff. They're stopping diseases before it starts. They're cleaning up the parts that other people don't wanna touch. It's them. It's them. It's the ambulance driving the people to like to the hospital, right? Like it's, it's the people that you look down on that are usually less paid, the least paid. They're the most important parts. Every part has a part to play. Every part has a part to play. I, I like to think about this in, in terms of music too. I love music. Um, love music. I'm just like taken with music and I haven't studied it. I studied, well, okay. I haven't studied it formally at school, but I've been studying music all my life. And one thing I love is harmony. I love harmony because it's, it's the play of two or more, right? Different keys working together to create a beautiful masterpiece. And this is one of the reasons why I love singing with choirs because I'm an alto. And so there's soprano singing above me and tenors singing below me. And we make this like dance with our voices that just kind of gets across the feeling and the meaning of the song, right? And so I could compare myself and say, dang, I wish I was, I wish I was a, a soprano. I need to play my part. I need to say all my notes. <laughs> I need to sing my notes. You know what I'm saying? Oh Lord. The Dark Nate says, wow, Alicia, woo, Alicia, Howard Hospital needs you as a manager. Listen. I will turn that thing upside down. Even though I don't know much about, you know, healthcare, even though I worked in healthcare, I don't know much about everything. Things need to be changed. They do need to be changed. Hi, Atala. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Celeste. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad to speaking to you. I'm glad this, this is making sense. Because when I tell you it's like chicken scratch on my notebook, you can't even see it. Either way. Yes. <laughs> so, so yes. Perfection does not exist. Perfection does not exist, but you do. And you are perfect. You are perfect just as you are. And I know we said, how am I perfect if perfection doesn't exist? We'll get to that in a second. Perfectionism, like the, the idea of chasing the wind, chasing these like white people's, let's be real, white people, rich white people's idea of what perfection is, right? That is harmful. It's a tool of white supremacy to erase yourself and make you forget yourself make you see yourself as unworthy. Because if you think you're unworthy, you're not gonna ask for what you need. You're not gonna do what you need to do, right? You're not gonna advocate for yourself. You're not gonna fight for your rights. You're not gonna fight for other people. If I make you feel less than, if I make you feel this small, you won't do anything. You'll need me for everything, everything. So I made a list of what things I would rather be than perfect. And I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read uh, this to you. So the hummingbirds are playing outside. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, what I'd rather be than perfect. I'd rather be alive and healthy. I'd rather be alive and healthy. Chasing perfectionism is a costly game. 
it leads to death. It leads to death. I'd rather be alive and healthy. I'd rather be joyous and content. I'd rather be open and available to new ideas and new direction. I'd rather be myself. I'd rather love myself and be myself because it's just easier. It's just easier than being anybody else. I'd rather be used as a vessel for liberation as opposed to chaining myself and other people. I'd rather be used as a vessel of liberation as opposed to oppression, whether I am oppressing myself based on these ideas somebody came up with of what perfectionism is and it's usually founded on the harm of other people, right? I'd rather be a vessel of liberation and I don't want anybody else to feel imperfect around me. I want to reflect to them the truth that they are enough, that they are sacred, loved, holy, that they're beautiful, brilliant, just as they are, even if they are different than me, even if they have different opinions than I do. Like we're all important, we're all important. I'd rather be free than perfect. I'd rather be well rested than perfect. I'd rather be honest, authentic, human than perfect. I'd rather be a lifelong learner, not an expert, a forever student. I'd rather be prolific than perfect. And this shout out to Jamal, he gave me this one. Um, I was worried about being perfect with my music. And I can think of all the reasons why I shouldn't share, I shouldn't create all this, I'm not enough, like my voice is not my, 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 all the things that, that we say to ourselves as creatives or just people in general, right? And Jamal gave me the charge to be prolific instead of perfect. And prolific just means creating, just creating lots of art, just create stuff. Don't worry about the outcome or it being good enough or it being, no, like be prolific, keep showing up, keep sharing. Because the thing is, when you keep showing up and sharing, you don't perfect, like, you don't become perfect. You become more of yourself. And that is the goal. When you're creating art, when you're being yourself, you become more of yourself, which is the perfection. That is the perfection. You becoming more of yourself. You, you spending time with yourself. You, what is the word I'm looking for? You being, hmm intimate with yourself. That's what I'm looking for. You being intimate with yourself allows you to become more of yourself. You unlearn all that stuff. You keep showing up. You become more brave. Is braver, more brave, whatever. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. You become more brave or braver. You become more content with, your with yourself and your talents and your stuff. Be prolific, keep showing up. When you, be it's, it's, it's almost like, when people are like, you know, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, take, it's true. Keep taking shots. You're not gonna make every single one. Every song I make on my loop station, which I'm about to do, is not good. <laughs> it's not. Some stuff is just throw away, like, whatever, girl. That was fun. <laughs> Moving on. But it still deserves to be created. It still deserves to be seen. And in me creating it imperfectly, I am practicing becoming myself. I am practicing my gift. The only gift that I have. I can't be Beyonce. I can't be Whitney Houston. I can't be Mariah Carey. Chaka Khan, I'm trying to think of like all the divas, right? I can't be those people. I am Alicia. This is all I got, okay? This is all I got and what I have is enough. And the more that I keep showing up for myself and being prolific, the more that I'm choosing to one, be intimate with myself, but also I'm reminding myself that I am enough, that what I have is enough and I don't have to be nobody else but myself. And I am perfect in being myself. That is the perfection, being myself. So I'd rather be prolific. I'd rather have lots of good things and a few great things. I'd rather, and, and good doesn't mean that people have to like it. Good means that I did it. I'm changing the definitions of words, okay? 
I'm choosing to do that. I'd rather be an evolved version of myself through transformation of execution because new information is presented every time I do something, every time I show up and try, every time I fail, every time I make a mistake, every time, even, even sometimes when this is not a judgment, when we choose to not listen to our intuition, we know better, but we choose to do something else instead and we, then we don't like it and we're like, dang, I have to listen to myself. That's information. Have grace with yourself. Take that information, right? I'd rather be creative than perfect. I'd rather be fun and playful, even with failure. I'd love to, if I'm gonna fail, let me have fun. <laughs> if I'm gonna fail, let me have fun failing, right? I'd rather be excited. I'd rather be in community and connected with others than to have to be perfect. I'd rather lean on other people than have to be perfect. I'd rather be at peace. I'd rather be in flow. I'd rather be aligned and connected to God and myself. I'd rather be present than be perfect. I'd rather be loving to myself and others. I'd rather be flexible and open. I'd rather be obedient than be perfect. There are things that God be telling me to do and I'd be like, well, I don't know if I'm the person to do that. The Bible is filled with these stories, by the way. <laughs> filled with these stories of like God saying, do this. And people are like, I, I'm not the girl. <laughs> this is not my work to do, right? But like, there's a, there's a scripture that's always like taken out of context and it's like, Obedience is better than sacrifice, but for real, being obedient to what like spirit is telling me to do is better than me sacrificing what is on the other end of that thing, or even sacrificing my love for myself, sacrificing the joy I could be experiencing because I'm not willing to be obedient, go through what I'm supposed to be going through, but I feel led to do, right? I'd rather be obedient because the thing is, if God spirit is asking me to do something it's something that I'm capable capable of doing and God will handle the rest. God ain't never asked me to be perfect. God never asked me to be perfect. Never, not once, not once. All God asks is for a try and allow God to do the rest, to be a willing vessel, a willing participant, a conduit. Like I always like to call myself, I am a conduit. I got that from Jamile. Like I am a conduit, I am not the source. And when I do that, that pressure is taken off of me to have to have all the answers and know what I'm doing all the time. I'm willing to be led in the moment than have to have all of my, all of the things I need to know right now. I'm a human being, baby. I do not have all the answers, you know? Allow God to be God. I'd rather be open and available than perfect. I'd rather be happy than be perfect. I'd rather be happy. I'd rather be sacred and divine. I'd rather be abundant. And there will always be more chances. If I screw this up, if this live goes kaput, right? This is not hopefully the last live I ever do, nor has it been the last live that I've ever done. You know what I'm saying? So even if I misspeak or something goes wrong or the internet goes down, it's not the end of the world. There's gonna be more chances. Like this conversation about perfectionism is, is a, a continuation of a Wednesday conversation we had, but it's also a continuation, that conversation on Wednesday is a continuation of conversations we've had a couple of years ago now, we've talked about perfectionism a lot here. Perfectionism, competition, community, all that stuff here, right? These are just different parts. And as I'm ever growing and ever evolving and ever learning, there are new layers to everything. You're never gonna run out of ideas. You're never gonna run out of creativity, never. There's an empty, like a bottomless, not gonna say pit, but like a bottomless, Think about Moses now. Bottomless, uh, there's, an, a, there's a bottomless pit of ideas, of resources. There's, there's a quote by Audre Lorde and she says, 
she says, there are no new ideas, just new expressions of them. And the expression is yourself. There are no new ideas. Everything has been talked about and I'm still showing up and talking about it. There are millions of videos on YouTube at this point, I'm sure in 2023, thousands I'll say, maybe not millions, on perfectionism. But we all have something different to offer and to bring to the table and to discuss a different perspective. And we all need all their help. There's no lack, only abundance. And I don't have to be anybody but myself talking about this thing. I hope that makes sense. So yes, okay. Um, a few, couple more things I wanna say and then we can make some music, I promise, <laughs> I promise. We can redefine words. Yep, we're allowed to redefine words. There is not one authority about what words mean. And I know that I'm, I might ruffle some feathers because words do mean things and we should be careful with the words that we say because words do mean things. But for ourselves, right, we can't control how other people interpret words, um, which is why we should be mindful of what we say and how we say things to people and what it could mean to them by what we say. So this is not, this is not a license to be cruel or mean or whatever, but it's a license to take words and redefine them into what you need them to be. So the Dark Nate talked about like, being perfect, right? Uh, let's see. Yes, okay. About being perfect. What does perfect mean to you? That's the question I would ask you. What does perfect mean to you? So um, one thing I wanna say, the definition of, of perfect or perfect, right? Perfect verb, to remove and make completely free from faults or defects, right? And to make it as close to the conditions of perfect as possible. So I'm gonna read it again. So to perfect something means to remove or make completely free from faults or defects, or to come as close to perfect, um, to perfect as possible, to those conditions of perfect as possible, right? And so one thing I wanna say is who's determining what is perfect? Who's determining what's a fault? Who's determining what is a defect? Me and Jamal were just talking about this right before we started this live, but yeah, like who's determining these things? And why should I bend towards their authority on their definition of what a fault is or a defect is? As a black woman standing here right now, at some point being black was seen as a defect or a fault in which I should be punished for. In some religions, me being black means that I'm a fallen angel. Who are the people? <laughs> who are they? Who are like, they say, they say, who is they? And why should we believe and listen to them? Right, why should we define ourselves by their definitions of things? Okay, so I said, who creates these conditions, right? That's what Jamal was talking about. Who creates these conditions? With them, their idea of what is perfect is anything that they are. And if I am not them, then I disqualify myself by existing from being perfect. Whoever is defining what perfect is, right? And the truth is perfect is subjective. It is because we create conditions ourselves. What is the perfect meal? Depends. What's the perfect weather? Depends. Some people love the snow. Some people love spring days. Some people love hot summer days, balmy days like it is today in the DMV, hot and humid, right? Like it depends, but we get to define what is perfect for us. So um, one thing I wanna say is the culture makes you feel inadequate and insufficient right? The culture makes you feel inadequate and insufficient. Not you, not God, it's the culture. It's the culture that makes us feel this way, right? 
Like, if you want to talk about the creation stories in the Bible, whatever you believe, right? This idea that the snake came up to Eve and was like, hey, girl, did God really say X, Y, and Z? Did God really say that you would die, right? Lack, that lack. Are you enough? Are you good enough? When you want to do something and like your fear is telling you, girl, you're not perfect. I don't know why you signed up to do this in the first place. That doubt, that same thing. It repeats over and over and over again. We have a choice to believe it or to, even if we kind of do believe it, to still do the thing and prove ourselves wrong, prove that snake, prove that snake wrong, right? So like I said, um, this system was not created for us and they made it this way so that whatever is outside of that thing doesn't thrive, doesn't deserve to exist. It, it, it's a system that, that's created so that we have reasons to look down on people, reasons to categorize people and mistreat people and underpay people, right? That's why these systems were created, not for us to internalize. It's an evil system. It's an evil criteria to determine who was perfect and who was not because everybody can't win. Everybody can't win. Okay, so another question I have for you is what if our faults are actually benefits? So like I said, I'm about to make some music, right? This whole project, this whole creating music with my voice came from me feeling like I wasn't enough, that I lacked, <laughs> that I lacked. You can't play guitar, you can't play piano, you're not classically trained, you don't have a degree in music, what else? You're not vocally trained classically, like all these different things that came up. And my husband was like, how about you just make music with your voice? And I'm like, do people wanna hear that? I don't, I don't know if people really want to hear that. And I did. And this was, what year was that? That was 2018. My first project came out. I can't remember. 2018. And I just been going ever since. Being imperfect, making imperfect music because my voice is not perfect. <laughs> there are times when I'm flat or when I run out of breath or when I make a mistake or I misspeak, right? But the music still deserves to be heard and felt and people still feel the music. <laughs> Listen, hey girl, not the snake coming in. Hey, no, for real, like, and we listen to that same, that same rhetoric every single day. What if our faults are actually our benefit, our step up, the thing that separates us and makes us unique and helps us to, helps us to serve the people that need to be served, help us to love the people that need to be loved, right? I think about, so in school, I studied deaf studies, which is ASL and deaf culture. And we learn about a lot about accessibility and about, um, yeah, accessibility. And how even in that, like studying that, it changed my mind from this idea that somehow people with disabilities are wrong. Not that I was ever like really thinking like, oh, you're wrong, but like we're taught this, like, oh, it's their problem that they need to fix, right? When really it's the accessibility that's the issue. If everything was accessible to everybody, like what a concept. People would be served better. People would be able to get around better, whether you're in a wheelchair or whether you're deaf, right? Think about the things that we take for granted as hearing people, as people who can hear. We hear, we, we, we don't use our eyes as often as we can. We don't use our senses, our gut, right? Like our, um, our literal like uh, feel, like I had a teacher who was teaching us and was thunderstorming and we all like jumped and you know, we all jumped and we're like, what's going on? Like, you know, it's thundering or whatever. And he was like, oh, the thunder. And we're like, how'd you know it was thundering, right? Ignorant. How do you know it's thundering? And he was like, I can feel it. I can, he can, he, he could feel the base, like the base of thunder, right? And if we made a world, and it was because like our floor was hollow. 
because in deaf culture, like the way that they get each other's attention, a little, little lesson in deaf, deaf culture, they stomp their feet. They're stomp, they stomp their feet so the person who is deaf can hear, can hear, can feel the stomping coming through the floor and like, oh, who's, who needs my attention? Or they flash the lights or um, banging on something to get your attention. And we would say that like, oh, that's rude. That's too much noise. It's like, no, like they're, they're making their world accessible. And if we allow accessibility for everybody, everybody gets to thrive. Everybody gets a chance to thrive, right? So anyway, coming back, <laughs> accessibility is the issue, not our inconveniences. Our inconveniences are what is prioritized here in the States, in the West, in this culture. How can we make things more convenient for us? We don't want to learn other people's languages because we don't want you know, to have to inconvenience ourselves to learn something. We don't want to learn sign because it's too complicated, right? We like we live in a culture that dehumanizes people based on whether or not they are accessible to us or not when really like we should be worried about is the world accessible for them that's another conversation i feel like but either way either way my point in saying that is that you're not wrong you weren't born wrong we were born in a wrong world and culture you're not the problem your being is not the problem it's not the issue Hey, level up single mom. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> okay, top flight security. Yes, y'all in here. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Idash says accessibility for all. Yes. Um, I'm a real time captioner, so I understand firsthand what a difference having accessibility is huge. Yes. I'm constantly learning about the deaf culture. Yes. Yes. Every day. Because even this like picture in picture that happens, like it's backwards. So like, you know, like when you're in church or something and somebody on the lower screen is signing, why are they not bigger than everybody else? Deaf folks use their eyes, right? We use our ears mostly. We can watch and see what's happening. We don't, we don't need to follow that closely behind someone singing. Put the picture big on the screen, right? Like, I think going through that course, like going studying that, I'm really grateful for that study, even though I'm not really using that degree right now. Well, kind of. I'm still using the knowledge I gained. It really opened my eyes to how ignorant I am or was excuse me, and open my eyes to how inaccessible this world really is. And obviously as a person, a privileged person, right? As a hearing person, um, I'm not aware of those things because I don't have to think about it. But when we come out of our own thinking, our own perspective, when we're actually like open to the world of like, wow, this world actually does suck. <laughs> More than I think it already sucked in the first place. <laughs> you know, you realize how awful this place is and how uh, imperfection is used to keep people out is used to keep people down, to keep people oppressed. Like oppression, I mean, excuse me, perfectionism really is oppression. It really is oppression. <laughs> hey, two L's, it's good to see you. <laughs> Wave to you in the bushes. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Like why is it on a small screen that makes no sense? We're prioritizing ourselves over them. The folks who need to use their eyes to see literally because signs look simple like it's the whole thing anyway but yes <laughs> yes yes okay i do want to say one more thing about perfection you can redefine what perfection means i asked jamile about an hour ago hour and a half um what perfection means to him like he was saying like per perfection for him is maturity is maturity right so when you think of a fruit right on a vine or on a tree it's like, oh, it's perfect. The, the fruit is perfect itself because it's ripe. It's time. It's time. It's ripe. 
And so you take it, it might not be the most visibly, you know, appealing thing, but it's perfect. It has done its job. And I think that when we redefine perfection, I think that we should do a good work in reconsidering what standards we're using for perfection. So are we saying it's perfect to somebody else's eyes or in somebody else's opinion, right? Like, is that what makes something perfect? Or is it that I'm in the right place at the right time, being who I am, being honest and true to myself and using the gifts that I have been given in this moment, in this moment, the best way that I can? Could that be perfect? I think so. Because if we are born who we're supposed to be, if we're born perfect, then perfect is not taking things off of me or putting things in me. It's me becoming more of who I am, but maturing in that process, being available in that process. That whole list of things that I'd rather be than perfect, to me, this is perfect. That's perfection. Being alive and healthy, that's, that's perfect. Being honest and authentic, that's perfect. Because that's all that's required of me, me being myself, me being true to myself, me being honest with myself and other people. That's perfect to me. And I think, especially when we're serving other people, I feel that pressure that you're talking about the dark Nate, like this idea of like, I wanna lead people well. I wanna serve people well. Like they're, like I talked about before, there's a responsibility, even all of you all watching right now, I feel responsibility for what I say. I feel responsible for what I'm speaking over you. I don't take this lightly. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel responsibility in that, but it's like, I am removing, hmm, intentionally removing the pressure off of myself to be what I think you all want me to be. And I'm just gonna allow myself to be myself with good intentions, right? With the things that I can control. Cause I can't control what y'all think about what I'm saying. I can't control, you know, how you feel about it. If you like me, all this different stuff. Like I can't control none of that. But what I can control is me showing up and being honest and being as authentic as I can. Even as I'm shaking and fearing and sweating and all this other stuff, right? Like, and accepting, and, and, and the reason why I, I show up the way that I do and saying, hey guys, I'm Alicia. I am not an expert because I want you all to lower your expectations <laughs> for real. And I'm saying that for myself too, to be like, Alicia, you're amazing. And you don't have to be perfect to be impactful. You don't. So I think that we can, I think that we can redefine. Hey, QV, it's good to see you. I think we can redefine what perfection looks like to us. Are we basing it on this definition that some white man wrote? This idea of like perfect conditions and then who sets the conditions and then trying to figure out like, what are my faults and defects? Like, what do I need to change, right? Or can I sit and rest in the fact that I'm already enough, that I'm already perfect, or that perfect is not what's required. We can throw perfectionism away, perfection all away altogether. Maybe we don't need to talk about it at all. Maybe perfection is not the goal because it's sanitizing, it kills you. It's not fruitful. But what is fruitful is honesty, love, right? Like being yourself, loving others, creating space, community, being connected. I'm looking at this list that I made, being present, loving myself first and loving others, being flexible, open, being obedient, right? Not sacrificing who I am and my joy and my love and my vitality and my health and my time, chasing the wind, chasing something I will never have. I will never be perfect. And that is liberating. That is liberation, knowing that I will never be perfect. So I can stop doing it. I don't have to buy into the system no more. I don't have to do that no more. I'm not perfect. And that's perfect, right? Like that's perfect. I don't have to be perfect. Hi, Sherry or Sherry. Hey, welcome, welcome. Hey, Sherry Nicole or Sherry Nicole. So yes, 
understand this culture makes you feel inadequate and insufficient, but it's not the truth. It's not the truth. You are not an inconvenience. You are not in the way. You are perfect. White supremacy is all about uniformity, right? And conformity. Like, and I think about the Lego movie. I don't know if anybody's watched it. Check it out if you if you haven't. But in the Lego movie, <laughs> this is me being a Lego. In the Lego movie, um, everybody has these sets of rules that they have to follow, right? And it's like the perfect system and it's it's a whole thing, but it's supposed to be like a perfect system. Anybody who deviates from that is called like a special or something or like a um, master builder. And they're like the you know outlaws in Legoland. Go with me here. <laughs> but this idea of like being perfect and conform, it's for the comfort and the control of other people. Because if I make you conform, if I make you into who I think you should be, I can control you, I own you. I own your brilliance, I own your ideas, you won't push up against me, right? Like all this, all this stuff is about control. All these internalized things that we feel about ourselves not being enough or not being beautiful, all this stuff is about control and money and power. Money and power. And you're more, you're invaluable. You're, you're worth so much more than money. And nobody can control you. Nobody got that power over you. You know what I'm saying? Oppression is real. But I'm just saying, when we make the choice to not have to be perfect, to not be perfect, we opt out of their oppressive systems. And we tune into love and community and all the things that it's supposed to be. We heal and we help heal other people. So yes, so in the end of the Lego movie, spoiler alert, everybody got along, people were just building what they wanted to build. And it was beautiful, it was fun. It was what it was supposed to be <laughs> with the materials that they have. But yes, it's all about control and dominance. And it's arrogant. It's arrogant to say that you have the authority to tell somebody that they are not perfect. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad. It's one of my favorite movies. It's so cute, it's a, it's a good one. But yes, like, it's arrogant for anyone to assume that they know what perfection is and what it should be. And we see what happens in the world when man thinks they're perfect, thinks that, they're, that their wisdom and their knowledge is higher than nature's, higher than God's, right? You get stuff like monocropping, where all we grow is corn and now the soil is depleted and we got all this corn and we're taking this stuff that's supposed to be healthy and turning it into corn syrup <laughs> and poisoning our people. We see what happens when we think fish, we talked about this, me and Jamal this morning, fish, salmon. Oh, salmon needs to look like this. So we, we need to put dye in the food. So now, you, now you're eating red 40, red 40 with the salmon. Like we, like our, it's amazing how arrogant people are in trying to control the conditions, trying to control things. We ruin it. <laughs> we destroy things, trying to, trying to control and perfect things and people. And people are not, you know, exempt from that. People trying to be perfect, you ruin yourself trying to be perfect, trying to, trying to perfect other people. You ruin them. You kill their creativity, their inspiration, their ideas, the things they're supposed to bring to this world. You sanitize it, you sterilize it. That's the word I've been looking for this whole time, sterilize. You're sterilizing all this stuff. That's supposed to make a change. That's supposed to like be impactful, but people are too afraid of being imperfect that they won't make the change. They won't speak out, they won't stand, because it's not a popular opinion or an idea. We're all victims of it and we all kinda, I feel like we all have probably pushed those ideas on other people too. And it's not our fault because we didn't know any better, but now that we do, we can do differently. So there's no shame. There's only grace and love here, right? And kindness, self-kindness, that's what this is all about. But let's check that. It's an internalized violence. Perfectionism is an internalized violence. So we get rid of ourselves before they do. We kill our own selves off before they do. 
before they can get to us. They don't have to do it no more. Now we are their own soldiers, killing ourselves and other people, right? Um, coloniz colonialism, excuse me, isn't just land anymore. It's us. It's us. It's us. They're in us. And let's love and free ourselves. The fear of white men's judgment is not how I want to run my life. I'm too sacred for all of that. And so are you. So are you. So now, <laughs> now we are going to create some music imperfectly. Um, thanks y'all for hanging out with me because play, as we talk about play here, play is a great exercise in, um, yes, absolutely. And recovering from perfectionism and people pleasing and, and performing and lying and being, and being not aligned, <laughs> out of alignment with ourselves, right? Being enemies of ourselves. Play is a therapeutic way to heal those wounds, those, those wounds of perfectionism and me not being enough, all that stuff. Play is important. So now we're gonna play. So yay, hi Ashanti. Hey, welcome. I'm glad that you're here, I'm glad that you're here. So let me see what y'all have been saying. Y'all been saying a lot and I really appreciate that. I'm gonna go back and read the comments by the way. Um, but yes, uh, the Kamisi Project, I hope I'm saying that right, please correct me if I'm not. As a recovering perfectionist, it really is self-harm. It is, it is. It's harm that was given to us, right? This, this high, you gotta meet this mark. And if you don't, you're not enough, right? Going all the way back to enslavement, going all the way back to, again, colonization, all this stuff, right? And so now we have internalized that stuff, the, those respectability politics that I gotta be twice as good to get half as far, especially as black, where did I write this down on my phone? As black women, right? Like we're always towing a line of like, what is enough and what's not? Do I have my phone with me? Maybe I don't. Either way, like the idea was, I don't know where my phone is. It's probably in the bathroom. But anyway, the idea is that, um, oh no, here it is. I was like, wait a minute, I know I'm not tripping. Um, let's see, what did I write down? Like being in a black body period, but also like black women. So I said, these are just notes on perfectionism. I said, black women feel the pressure to be perfect. Being respectable can be a matter of life and death and protection. We feel ourselves towing that very thin line, juggling all these things for our worthiness. We can't be too forward or assertive, but we also can't sit quietly and hold things within ourselves because then it's our own fault for not speaking up. We're worried about being the perfect body, having the perfect opinion, saying the right thing to avoid har harming other people's egos, which again can be life or death, right? So much so that we forget that true love and the truth, the truth is that we are perfect and that perfect is not defined by man. We spend our lives trying to be perfect, but it's never enough, it never satisfies. There is no rest in seeking perfection outside or different than us. Perfectionism is exhausting. We're, we're this whole series is talking about rest, right? As black folks, as black women specifically, about rest. And there are so many things that are exhausting us. We could talk about napping, we could talk about vacationing, we could talk about leaving the country, we can talk about all that stuff. But if we're not talking about the stuff that's like, that we have internalized that is exhausting us, we're gonna be exhausted somewhere else. We're just gonna be perpetually exhausted and exhausting other people, right? Anyway. Perfectionism is exhausting us. Um, and so I wrote down for myself, my music and vocal loops were created out of imperfection, lack of resources, lack of resources and skills. I am not that skilled y'all, but I just show up and play, right? And now I have this music to create. So that's a note that I wrote on perfectionism, but yes, yes. 
Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy. I'm happy this was helpful, y'all. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. Marquita. Hi, Marquita. As an adult, I love playing. Yes. Like kid, like play. Yes. Shout out to Marquita. We went out, um, has it been two years or a year? Probably a year. But we went out bike riding. It was me, Marquita, Marcus, and a few of our other friends, Jamile, Alexis. Maybe it was just us. Anyway, we went bike riding. It was all of us just like going to a parking lot and just like riding our bikes around and it was getting dark. And it was just so refreshing and magical. Like we were able to be kids together. I love you, Marquita. It's one of my favorite memories ever. And we're just like riding our bikes and putting our hands in the air and like having a great time. Um, but yes, playing is that. Playing is, is, is a thing that I feel like a lot of us are missing. Fun and play. Play is healing. It takes us out of this, out of our heads and out of having to be an adult. You know, this is me being an adult. Having to be an adult and be so serious and so structured. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, play allows us to be human, to make mistakes, to fall, to get back up, to try something else, to experiment, to see what we like and what we don't like. We need to play more. Playing is healing. It really is healing. And whatever play looks like for you, if it's golf or playing sports or just shooting hoops with your friends at the basketball court or riding your bikes. Yes, me too. Me too. We got to do this again. But yes, like riding your bikes or singing songs, singing in the shower, putting on a whole concert and performance in your car, whatever the heck that looks like, go play. Go play and get out of this like perfectionist mentality that's killing you and robbing you of your joy and your vitality and your sanctity. The thing is, it can't rob you of your sanctity or sacredness, right? But it can make you forget it. It can blind you. Perfection blinds us. It blinds us from the beauty that is there, right? If I look at my skin, for example, like all the freckles and moles and stuff that I have on my body and, you know, the different colors and the lines or whatever. I could be looking at my body and looking at somebody else's body and be like, dang, my body sucks. Nah. Meanwhile, this is a whole like treasure trove of beauty. Okay. My skin is loving me. It's taking care of me. It's gorgeous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's sweating for me to cool me off. <laughs> like there's so much beauty I'm missing because of some other man's idea of what perfection is. Right? Like... <laughs> Yes, overlords. I'm like, this is not the word I want to use, but oh, baby. <laughs> thank you, baby. You being fresh, but thank you. <laughs> but for real, like it's, there's so much beauty. Now I'm blushing and now I'm hot, but there's so much beauty in like, in, in our lives and ourselves. And we're missing all of it. We're missing all of it. Um, AB says being an adult has come to mean being emotion. Yes. Being an emotionless robot and talking down on others that don't fit in to that idea. One thousand percent, a thousand percent. I'd rather be a kid. And and the, th the truth is, we are we all are just kids. We're just older in these human big bodies, right? Like we're all kids. We're all kids. If we gave ourselves permission to be children, to be more childlike, I'll say, right? Not immature, not harmful or selfish, and all this other stuff. I mean, well, sometimes it's good to be selfish. But anyway, if we gave ourselves permission, we would be healed. We'd be kinder to each other. My goodness, everything's not that serious. Everything is not a think piece. You know what I mean? Like some things are just for fun, for fun and for play, but it's like in a society, because it has to be productive, everything has to serve a purpose. And usually serving a purpose means more than just outside of you and your friends and your homegirls, right? Like usually it's like, oh, is it productive for society? Is it making somebody else money, right? We've been lied to about what is important and what's not. So yes, yes. <laughs> are you being fresh? <laughs> but anyway, hi, LaRose. Um, have you any tips? I love how you wrote that have you any tips for feeling behind in life and like a failure due to dealing with chronic illness changing my diet recently helped me a lot and I believe I will heal but it's hard to stay positive first of all I'm sending you a lot of love 
um, any tips on feeling behind in life and like a failure due to dealing with chronic illnesses. If anybody else struggles with chronic illnesses, please share them in the chat, in the chat for myself. Hmm. Feeling like a failure. I am trying to remove myself from any timeline. I don't think timelines help me. I don't think that they're beneficial. And I think they were man-made. Um, I feel like a lot of us feel like we're behind because we're comparing ourselves to other people or where we think we should be as opposed to where we are and not seeing the brilliance there. Let me turn on my fan also. It's hot. So hold on. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Sorry. You probably hear the fan now, but it's hot. Sorry, y'all. Um, but yes, this, this idea of being there, getting there is like, who, whose idea is that? Who created this idea of being behind who? Who am I? Who are they? Who are the people that I'm supposed to be, you know, arm to arm with? I'm not them. I'm in my own lane. You know what I'm saying? I'm my own person. I'm on my own timeline. And these timelines were, again, yes, exactly, AB. Man-made. They're man-made. They're made up. They're not real. They're used to stroke somebody else's ego or to get us to be productive citizens for people who are higher up. Hurry up, people. Get out of college. You can get these jobs and pay me your taxes, right? Like, hurry up so you can buy these houses off the market and make me money. Hurry up and have kids so that we have more people coming up to be consumers. Like, all these timelines don't benefit us. And so we spend so many years feeling inadequate and not enough. And when we feel that lack, we buy their things or we buy into their ideas. We, we see ourselves as less than. There are so many women I know, especially like in, in the arts industry, music, whatever it is, like who feel like it's too late for them. Time has passed them by. I'm like, how has it passed you by? You're still here. <laughs> you still have autonomy and choice. And I'm saying this because I say this to myself because I have the same thoughts as a singer, wanting to make it, whatever that means, make it, right? A lot of people told me that like, oh, if you don't make it by 25, I think the age was, if you don't make it by 25 and you're not like super sexy and like, and obviously sexy in the way that it's being marketed, right? If you're, if you don't fit this mold, then you're not gonna make it. You're not, you're not profitable. You're not marketable. And so I counted myself out. I had a whole quarter life crisis at 25, at 25. That's almost 10 years ago. That's crazy. But anyway, at 25, I thought my life was over. It's over for me. And now that, now that I'm 33, I'm like, my life is just beginning and I'm too sacred for your timelines. <laughs> it really is a lot of unlearning and reclaiming yourself, like your sanctity. Like, no, I, I, am a, I am a soul. I'm not of this world and I will not be held back or controlled by this world's systems. I'm too holy and precious for that. I will move when it's time to move. I will do when it's time to, I'll be 95 years old and starting something new. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I want to move, live my life. And when we allow ourselves to be, when we allow ourselves to be um, human, <laughs> to be on our own timeline, right? Like when we allow ourselves to, we feel free, ideas flow, more stuff is hap like more stuff has happened now that I have accepted like, okay, I'm over 25 now. I have done more in these last, 10 years and I have ever done in my life. Because back then I was so busy trying to chase a timeline that I was so like pent up and stressed. You know what I mean? And now I feel free and I'm open and whatever happens, happens. And I put down what I don't wanna do anymore and I pick up something else and I wanna try something else. And I give myself grace and room to breathe and grow and to be human, you know? So first thing I would say is have grace with yourself. Number one, you have a chronic illness, right? 
And that's not a failure. It's not a moral failing. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not punishment. It's not nothing. Like this is, this is your circumstance. And obviously like, I want you to be well, obviously, but it's like, this is what is happening. This is what is. And, and I feel you again. I don't know what chronic illness you have. You don't have to share that either. But as someone with chronic illnesses, like, yes, like there are things that I know um, limit me because of my condition. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't do this. Like, I'm, you know, and I'm not saying it to be like, oh, I can't do this. And sometimes it does feel like that. And I give myself room to feel those things. Give yourself room to mourn, to be angry, to be upset, right? But try not to internalize that wrong feeling. Like somehow there's something wrong with you. Like you're the wrong thing, if that makes sense. You're not behind. You are exactly where you need to be. And I have a song called Late Bloomer. Um, yes, I have a song called Late Bloomer and a video about uh, being behind in life. And uh, I recently re-recorded that song because I'm gonna be releasing music soon. So I'm very excited about that. But this is the, I guess, demo track of Late Bloomer, copy and paste. And it's just like a mantra over and over again. Like I'm at the, rep the right place at the right time. Like I'm not, I'm not behind. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. What is mine will be mine. Like these, these things we gotta keep saying to ourselves, like I'm abundant in this moment. I like nothing. I am enough. I am exactly where I am supposed to be. What am I missing out on right now? Because I'm worried about being something more than what I am. Right? Like what, are, what is the beauty? What are, what are the things I can be grateful for right now, right here? Because I'm, but I'm too blinded to because I'm worried about like, oh, I gotta catch up to my peers. You are your own garden. You are your own plant. You are on your own timeline. You're in your own lane. You're too sacred to be judging yourself against other people. And it's easier said than done, obviously. But that's, you know, that's what I'm gonna offer. So yes. Yes, I do, I do. Um, let me actually do that, look for that video. Let's see. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Oh wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh, thank you, baby. Yes, <laughs> appreciate you. Yes, please check that video out, y'all. If y'all struggle with feeling behind in life, you're not alone, samezies, same. But yes. Uh, yes, I totally understand as I have had similar issues. I think the first step is healing and that requires time. Yes, yes. Like not, you're, like you're not trying to heal in order to get back on track. Like you're trying, you're trying to heal because you wanna heal, right? Like the, we're on the track. We're on the track. You're not off track. We're not like getting back on track. You're on track. This is just where you are. This is just your stop right now. And sometimes that means going backwards. Sometimes that means going forward or to the side, whatever that means. You're on track. You're on track. Um, I have noticed pressuring myself only makes things worse. Yes, because it's stress, right? It's stressful trying to think of where you are now versus where you want to be and where you think you should be. So yes, a thousand percent. And then you're not really kind with yourself when you're trying to heal. Because healing, this has been said millions of times, it's not linear. It's not like check off, okay, step one, step two, step three. It don't work like that. There are things that I'm still healing from that I thought I was over and it will resurface itself. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I thought we already, I thought we're done with that. But there's grace there. So have grace with yourself. So yay. Okay, good. Yay. And I hope that you're reading the comments as well because people are saying amazing, amazing stuff. Um, it's funny how things changed. Yeah, singers used to be able to be bang have banging careers in their 40s. Yep. But now uh, that different people are in charge, now the goalpost has shifted. Absolutely, specifically black singers, that part, that part. And again, 
nothing is sacred under capitalism. Nothing, not even your voice. The fact that they, I wrote this in my journal and I'm just like, I'm still mind blown about it. The fact that they can tax you for your voice is crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> but like with this idea of like, you're only valuable up until this age is capitalism. It's greed. It's wanting to wear someone out when they are in their mind, you know, their healthiest or whatever at their peak, which is so crazy to say at 25 or whatever, 20. Like it's this idea that like, it's found, it's rooted in enslavement. It just is, it just is. Like this idea of wearing someone out until they have nothing left. And because like you're older and you're not marketable, like you're not gonna get the audience we want, you know? Mm. Yes, anyway. <laughs> Goes to show there is still a market for older singers that exists, 1000%. And, I'm, and I would love to listen to them, but the media simply wants to tell us something different. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Woo, that quarter life crisis is real, yes. Um, I was truly chasing timelines back then. 14 years later, child, I moved to my own beat. Isn't it freeing? Isn't the best place to be? I love this age. I love coming into the space like, oh, well, here I am. I'm gonna sip my tea, y'all. Here I am. Um, wow, amazing. Yes, my psychiatrist is 85, yes. And still going strong with wisdom and kindness. So who knows when we will bloom? Absolutely. And the thing is like, you're blooming now. We're blooming right now, right? The, even though this perspective of like us blooming and not blooming, um, I think even my thoughts about that are starting to change. Like, I don't think we're blooming late. I think we're blooming in ways that we just can't see. Does a flower see, it, see itself blooming as it's blooming? A lot of us only pay attention to flowers when they're already done blooming, when they're open. They're like, hey, hey world, here I am, right? Like but it's been blooming the whole time. We just haven't been present enough to see it. The problem I think is that sometimes we, we prioritize the bloom as opposed to the seed, the seedling, right? The sprout, because all that stuff is growth. All of it is growth. Before you have a bloom, you gotta have a seedling first. You gotta have a seed, you gotta have soil and all of it is important. But I think that we've just been trained to honor the product or what we think is the product or what we or what's really happening. Because every day you are blooming, every day you're learning something new, every day you're opening up a little bit more, a little bit more. And maybe you have multiple blooms. Maybe it's not just one bloom. Maybe you're like, what am I thinking about? Like a cactus or something that has like a lot of flowers. That's what I'm thinking about right now. But like my plant, my tree, my uh, money tree. She's flourishing by the way. But um, yes, like she has multiple, every time I come in here. Okay, so obviously like there's the leaves that you can see, right? But also there are these little kinks in the, in the plant that like, here we go. Here's a better example. Like, I don't know if you can see this. Can you see that? Like the makeup girls? Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, plant, I don't wanna hurt you. But yes, yeah, like this like little bloom, that's a bloom right there. It's like a little, I don't know if you can see it, but it's like a little thing, come, a shoot coming out of the crook, right? That's a bloom. She deserves to be celebrated just like all these little leaves just like all the leaves. But we're so busy waiting for something to look like this that we can't celebrate ourselves along the way. You know what I mean? She needs some water. <laughs> but yes, you know what I mean? I hope that makes sense. All right, yes. I hope that was helpful. I hope that was helpful. Okay, yay. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was gonna say like, I try, but really I'm not. I'm, it's doing what it does. And I'm trying to, I'm just like, God, please. 
you know, we're having growth. So I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> yes. We're, we learn to appreciate the product over the process. Exactly. That's it, God's child. That's it right there. That's it. Um, let's see. Ebony Williams. And feel free to for community. What can you do to not let yourself sit in negative life experiences? Oh, it moved. Hold on. What can you do to not let yourself sit in, neg in negative life experiences consume you? Because I feel it is holding me back. What can you do to not let yourself sit in negative life experiences or let it consume you? Okay. Because I feel it's holding me back. Okay. That's a, that's a heavy one. I might need time to think about that. Um, because I think there is beauty in sitting in it sometimes. I, I know. I know that a lot of people are like, no, you got to get up and you got to put on a happy face and push through anyway. I think there is beauty in mourning. I think mourning is an important part of the process. Allowing it to consume you, though, that's something more intense. That's something different. Um, but there's nothing wrong with feeling your feelings. If you're having a bad week, a bad month, a bad year, that like I really feel like that's okay. It's okay. Um, but when we're talking about like consumption, your your darkness, allowing those dark moments or negative life experiences consume you, like giving yourself to that thing, breaking yourself off and giving yourself to that thing. I need more time. <laughs> I, I don't, I have thoughts, but I don't want to answer this in a sloppy way or in a messy way. And I want to honor your question. And I think we can come back and talk about that. Cause I want to, I want to honor your question. Um, cause I have thoughts. I just need time to think about it. So yes. So thank you for asking that Ebony. And I'm going to write that down. I'm going to star it. Yes. I'm going to star this and come back to it. But thank you for sharing that question. Um, let's see. AB says, do you have advice for a person in their twenties trying to navigate employment in this job market after the pandemic? I'm learning to give myself grace. I graduated in the pandemic. Hey, AB. Um, I don't have, well, I mean, I have like generic advice. Um, and I don't want to be that person, but for real, like I, I have generic advice because it's hard looking for, looking for jobs as a whole, is a full, is a full-time job in itself. <laughs> like applying for jobs writing resumes and writing cover letters and going through the interview process. Like it's, it's a, that's a job in itself. Um, I have not done that in a long time. So I don't want to give you the wrong advice, but if anybody in here has anything to offer AB, please share it because I can't even, I can't even begin to grapple with the fact of like graduating in the pandemic, right? Like, so things are, resources are limited, limited. And then also just trying to get your footing. Um, so please, anybody, please offer something to AB that would be helpful. And I apologize, AB, for not having more advice to give on that. Obviously, like people would say, like, keep applying. You never know what's going to happen and all this other stuff. I would also say, have grace with yourself. It's not you. Um, this, you know, yeah. People would like to pretend that the pandemic is over. It's not. Um, but yes, but have grace with yourself. And please, somebody offer some um, help. For AB, I appreciate that. Those who are navigating that as well. Um, but yes, yes. Okay. Um, I'm looking for, I'm looking for an indoor tree. I have snake plants and succulents. Yes, yes, I have snake plants as well. Yay. <laughs> this is actually half because it grew. It was popped down, so. Okay, good. Okay, AB, I, I feel bad because I want to I wanna be able to offer you something, but I really honestly don't have a lot to offer in, in, that, um, in that regard, in that instance. And I don't want to just like to be, well, I'll do this because... I don't want to lie, you know, so yay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you all so much for sharing this with AB. Yay. All right. So now we're going to make some music, I think. And Ebony, I'm going to come back to your question too and answer your question. I just need more time to journal through it, pray about it, chew on it, um, and come back and answer. 
So I'm gonna connect to a different source for the mic. Let's see. And if you all don't wanna stay, that's also okay. <laughs> if you're like, all right, I got what I needed. I hope that you have a wonderful and a beautiful day, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to um, make some music now. So if I can get a number between 120 and 135, 120, 135, I'd appreciate it. Okay, let's see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Testing. One, two, one, two. All right. Let me move this stuff out the way. All right. So hopefully you all can hear me. Okay. Yay. Awesome. All right. So the first number I see is Fly Arm. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Pamela Jones. 127. Okay, 127 it is. Let's see. One twenty-seven sounds like this. All right. And so like I said, we're gonna have some imperfect music making. Let me drink some more of my tea. So it's a measurement of eight, so one, two, na, 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 Okay. Let's see what happens when we just play around. Let's do it. And as always, I'm nervous. So y'all be gentle with me. Here we go. Na 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 I think that's what I did. Na 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 na
this. It was a little difficult, but I had a lot of fun. Yay. I hope you enjoyed that. Aw, thank y'all. Um, let's see. We might do one more. Let's do one more. One more for fun's sake. Aw, thank y'all. I appreciate you. Thank you. Hi, True Mystique. It's good to, oh, the empowered modern woman. I love that. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. All right, let's see. Ooh. All right, so the next number that I saw, let me go back up, go back up, was, and thank you so much, um, let's see, Pamela Jones, I appreciate you. All right, the next, well, 128, <laughs> that's the next number, so let's try one more with this. Drop the mixtape, okay, to this, right? I am, 
<laughs> I am dropping uh, a collection of loops in either the beginning, the beginning of, what is today, August? Ju of, no, no, today is July. In the beginning of August. I hope to be releasing my first collection of loops and then I hope to do that every month. This is the hope, this is the hope and the goal. Every month until March or April, I have different collections and different themes for different stuff. So I'm excited. So I will be sharing that. And if the time gets pushed back, whatever, you know, but that's the intention. The intention is to release um, music every month for the next six months. So, yay. So thank you for that, The Dark Nate. And I am, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So yes, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Christian of Cheyenne, Toronto. Um, I have, oh, also, new ATU. Yes, yes, I just see your comment. I didn't get a chance to respond, but yes. Um, I have morning ones, and I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad you enjoy it. All right. All right, so we got 128. So I wrote, I saved this. 128. Ooh, lots of reverb in this one. All right, 128. Sounds similar to this. Um, can someone give me a song? I want to use a song as inspiration this time, like a song that we, that we know. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see if it works. But just a song that you enjoy. Give me one second. Ooh. So yes, I'm going to use a song as um, inspiration. Let me try to think of one. And I'll just take something I enjoy from that song and put it in here. That's the hope. That's the goal. We're going to play. Cranes in the Sky. Ooh, that's a good song. Um, hmm. A song about, okay, so make up one about going outside. I love that. Lovely Day by Bill Withers. I love that song. It's funny. So I, I released a, let me turn this reverb off. Okay. So I released a project. I think that's a 2018 one I'm talking about. And I covered this song, actually, um, Lovely Day. Uh, so yes. Cranes in the sky. Okay, let me think. I tried to drink it away. I tried to put one in the air. I'm in heaven these days. I ran my credit card bill. Let me hit it to go. Ooh, that's fast. I, I, I drink it away. <laughs> All right, let's see. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to use either a part of the song or like inspiration from something the song does to create something. So let's see. Away, 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 away. Away, 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 away. Let's start there. Let's see how many measures we got. We got measure four. Away, 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 away. Mm, mm. That works. Okay. So four, 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 four. Away, away. So away. Let's try it.
What did I just do? Okay. Shout out to you, the Dark Knight. Let's see what we make. Let's see if it works. Uh, da, da, da. Oh 
Thank mm-hmm. you.
And thank you, let me say this. Who requested the 128? 128. That was, I feel like I just saw it. Ah. Sorry, y'all. 128 was, wait, no. Ebony Williams, okay, and uh, Tanea. Tanea? Tanea. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yay. So I hope that you enjoyed the music. Um, I hope that, oh, Beavis, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Let me turn off this reverb. Thank you. Thank you for supporting. <laughs> yes, touch that grass once you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Aw. I'm glad that you all enjoyed it. That makes me happy. Yes, let's go outside, y'all. Please, please. It's a beautiful day. I don't know where you all are, but in the DMV, it's pretty sunny. It's probably, it's probably really hot. Yes. <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> it's warm. Yesterday, I went for a walk. And it was like maybe 8.30. And the weather said it was like, oh, it's only 72 degrees. And I went outside. I walked up the street. And I was sweating. Like I was soaking wet. I said, absolutely not. So I went up, <laughs> went up the street. I was going to walk my long path. And I said, let me just come back around and come home. So I came home. But yes, if you can, please be sure to get some sunlight, get some vitamin D. Listen, this is what it feels like outside. <laughs> this is what it feels like outside. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> it's blazing um for some in the dmv it's just very muggy and there's no place to like relieve yourself unless you go to a pool so be safe wherever you are yes like the dark nate says wear sunscreen okay i saw in phoenix it was like 118 degrees lord um texas i'm i'm sure every time i visit texas in the summer it's like why did i come here for the summer <laughs> why why am i here <laughs> So yes, um, it's storming here. Oh no, be safe. But I'm looking out the window, reminiscing about the sun. Yes. Oh, sun, I miss you. And it's there. It's just hidden right now. But yes, yes. It's blazing. It's blazing. Um, oh, thank you. Hi, Mocha Mommy. Um, you sounded amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm late, but I caught some of the live. Thanks for what you do. Thank you. Thank you for being here. But yes, thank you all so much for being here. I hope that you really enjoyed it. Um, I had fun. Thank you for the, the reference, um, the Dark Nate, for Cranes in the Sky and people who second that. Um, I am no Solange, and I love Solange, um, but I hope that she would like what happened here, us having fun with her music. So yes, yeah, so yeah, so thanks everybody. Thank you for being here. Please remember to reject, like Trisha Hersey says, says, please reject anything that degrades your divinity. There we go. Anything that degrades your divinity, it got to go. It got to go, including if you're struggling with loving and seeing yourself as enough or as perfect. So yes. Ha! Hello, get that Neutrogena 70, 70 SPF, okay? That's my joint. I be using um, Black Girl Sunscreen, I just recently discovered, and it's amazing, because I'm sure all the black girls out there know what it feels like when you put on sunscreen and it looks like white on your skin, and that's frustrating. So, but yes, yes. Hey, Marcus, we just talked about you earlier. Talk about riding bikes, and we have to do it again. But yes, all right, so. Yes, love yourselves, love each other. Again, thank you so much, Themis. Thank you so much for your um, donation. I appreciate you, and I see you, and I see all of you, and I hope that you all see yourselves as worthy, okay? As enough, as perfect. I hope that you redefine uh, what perfection means in your own words, or maybe you should throw away perfection altogether, because who needs it? Who needs to be perfect when you're you? You are sacred, you are divine, you are beautiful, you are enough. 
okay? And I see you and I love you and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know I am hopefully going to, <laughs> and I'll see you all in the next video. <laughs> all right, y'all. Love you guys. Bye.